This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Welcome to Business Success Tips, where we're broadcasting from a closet. <laughs> well, it's a little, I mean, we're going to come out of the closet. It's a little bigger than a closet. You got to got to get my storage room a little. Okay, bit, we're in the storage room. Here. I remember doing other things in the storage room in the good old days, right? Either you know, smoking. Not, nothing <laughs> happens in the storage room. <laughs> nothing happens in the storage room. <laughs> it's an uneventful storage room. I see. Well, it's got a big, huge window in it. It's the only storage room I've ever seen with a giant window in it. Yeah. Technically, I think it's a small office. I think it's a small office. Yeah. I see. Storage. Okay. But, but it's, the acoustics are pretty good, and uh, we do have Sean skyping in. Hey guys. Yeah. Hey everyone. How's it going? He's actually here. I am. That's because we're doing it at a time that he hasn't got any choice. You do it during the middle of the day, I'm already here. So. That's right. So I guess we better come with something exciting to talk about. Let's see. Well, Steve spent the week in Mexico. See? So tell me a little about Mexico and what that has to I do with business. <laughs> well, you know, it's about work and decompressing, right? And so here was a guy who hadn't taken a full vacation for... That's you, the guy? The guy, yeah. <clears throat> for quite some time. So it was nice to take a week off. And uh, I actually... Made a point of only checking email periodically. I didn't get on the phone yeah, at all. What is periodically? Um, morning and night. Only twice a day. Yeah. Wow, he's cut down to twice a day. <laughs> Must have been a little shaky. That's but <laughs> but I, I slowly felt the stress leaving my body. The uh, $20 massages on the beach uh, contributed to Did you to get that. the full massage for $20 with a happy ending or not? Or You know, it, it's it's back only. Back so only. So it's not, it's not even the, the proper front. It's I just, see. It's just back only. I see. But, uh, was it worth the 20 bucks? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And my wife had one, too. She mm-hmm. said it was the best massage she'd ever had. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. So tickets. picture this. Go surfing, come back in, have a massage, go surfing some more. I mean, that, that was a good week. Two activities. That's what you did. Like surfing and activity drink? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, the, the longer the week went on, the more I, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, paced myself. With drinking? Yeah. Because when you get there, right, it's bombs away, and you don't realize they're pouring three-ounce marks. Right. And so the first day, you know, after you've been there for a day, the mm-hmm. second day, you're just completely blitzed. blitzed. And so you learn from that mistake, and then you kind of, you know, Nurse okay. your you nurse your drinks for the rest of the week. So, do you have any business success tips for those who like to take vacations and what if they're working? Well, it's, it, it helps you hone your negotiating skills because you negotiate everything, and so well, that's if you're in Mexico, right? But you know, in, in in business in the U.S., we should be doing some negotiation, right? And everything's practice. Now, it's a completely different scenario, but the fact that you're spending an entire week negotiating, I have to imagine, has some effect on your overall negotiation skills. So, you never pay the ass price, never. Never. No. For anything? No. What about the hotel room? You know, in fact, you get to the point, you, you treat them like you would treat a car salesman here, where you have to walk away to get the price that you want, right? And then when you're walking away, that's when they'll bark out the price you want. Can I use that for negotiating deals here? Uh, if you're buying a car, but I don't know about the, you know about B2B stuff. I see. So. Well, that's good. So what was, the, what was the best part of the vacation? Let our audience know the best part the best, of the vacation. Best part of the vacation, I have to say the surfing was unbelievable. The surfing was amazing. But if you're not a surfer, I would highly recommend, if you're down, this was Cabo San Lucas, that you go ATVing in the desert because mm-hmm. that's that's really amazing. Um, and, and go jet skiing. So those are two really fun motorsports. You mean kites, whatever kite? You, know. uh, you, you could go parasailing. We, we chose not to do that. 
Um, but you know, there are a ton of activities. It's 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 a fun place, and you can get away from the craziness if you want to. Okay, a lot of people so, there. Yeah, it's it, the beach is a little bit zooey. We were on the far end of the zooey beach. Cabo Cabo can be a little bit on the zooey side, but you can get away from it if you want. Okay. So, Sean, you've been to Mexico quite a few times, right? Yeah, we usually go down. Uh, I, I'm not a surfer, but uh, we usually would go to Sayulita, which is about 50 minutes or 45 minutes south of uh, Puerto Vallarta. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's great. It's a little, it used to be undiscovered. It's a little more discovered now. Uh, the biggest uh, source of income there is people selling their homes uh, <laughs> to the gringos for over $500,000. That's probably <laughs> but, uh, not happening anymore, I wouldn't think. That's not happening anymore, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm sure that their real estate took a hit along with ours because we were the major, uh, I guess, purchasers down there, along with uh, people from Argentina really love it there. But it's just a bohe- bohemian little surfer village place. It didn't even used to have an ATM. You had to go to Bucerias about 10 minutes away to get to get to an ATM, but now they've, you know, they got an ATM, so they hit the big time now. And, <laughs> but yes, yeah, I, I, I love that experience. And I uh, did the same thing Steve did. I think every time where you'd go and you blow yourself out on the tequila the first night, and then you realize that you can't keep that pace up. So you, <laughs> cause you're not 22 anymore. So you back right. off and nurse it for the rest of the week. Yeah. And actually, um, Paul was asking earlier about business. I did learn something else about business too, because we got, uh, so rookie mistake, we got suckered into doing a timeshare presentation. <laughs> I, I've done. That's well, how I pay for my vacations. Well, a timeshare presentation. Yeah, except we did the we did the one from hell, and I'm not going to mention the hotel, but we did the the timeshare presentation from hell. But three hours into it, I was sitting there going, "Okay, this is this is absolutely killing me. I'm going out of my mind. What can I do?" And I thought, "Let me study what they're doing. Let me try to figure out their sales process." Right. So so while they're busily pitching me, I was trying to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And from a pure sales perspective, if you take out the you know sleaze factor, if you will, there were some pretty good tidbits in there. Like one of the things they did was they threw six different personality types at us, <clears throat> literally one after another, right? And it made me think, and I thought, okay, well, you know, what's the lesson from this in B two B sales? Mm-hmm. Well, the lesson is if one person isn't connecting to the buyer, then maybe you swap out another person and try a different mm-hmm. personality type. I mean, they went overboard with, with six different That's ones. a lot of different yeah, stuff. We had to say no heavily to six people. Um, they made you really feel the product. They made you really experience the product ahead of time. And so it made me think back to the Sandler uh, selling why do people buy to um, you know save, save money, make more money, or because they envision something wonderful will happen mm-hmm. as a re- result of them purchasing. Now, clearly in their in their scenario, wonderful. it's envisioning something wonderful, and they take you down to the, you know, the the, the full on, um, you know, beach house, and you know, you're right on the water, and and you know, the, the kids sitting in the hammock, and mm-hmm. you know, you're you're just sitting there thinking, wow, would this be cool? While at right. the same time, you're realizing that you're going to be saying no, right? Right. Um, so that so there were there were some good lessons, um, good selling lessons around that presentation. I'm actually going to write a blog post about it. Well, I have some interesting. I've been. We have paid for a lot of our vacations with uh, condo presentations or timeshare. Yeah. And we got, we went to Hawaii. We got five days in Hawaii. We actually got airfare paid for one condo presentation, which was good. Wow. So it's a, way to, a good way to travel. Um, we, we went to Tahoe a couple times and they do a presentation. We got three days in a, you know, four star hotel in Tahoe twice. So we've actually used it to travel. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, you, and I always study them too. I figure I'm going to go and learn, you know, what, what they know about selling. 
Um, so what, what, what have you experienced in terms of your, the presentations you've been through? What have you learned? What have I learned? Well, the good salespeople know whether you're going to buy or not, and when they pick that up in the first 10 minutes, they just have fun with you. Yeah. And they stop hammering you because they get that you're not a real prospect, so they just go, what the heck, and we just talk about other kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and they try to build a relationship as opposed to hammering you and just pissing you off. So they actually think there's a possibility that once you walk out that door that, that there's some possibility that they'll see you Because yeah. Yeah. you're not at least upset with them. You're not right. angry. Right. You're, you're going, hey, there was a nice guy, and I don't want to buy, and he got it, and we're all good, right? Yeah. The ones that were really good did that. The other ones just pissed you off, which was not good, because then you were just angry. Yeah. That thing. And that, that wasn't good. Well, you know what these guys did at the end? <clears throat> I, I called it the drive of shame. You know, it's kind of like the walk of shame. Mm-hmm. But what they do is when they finally, you know, when you finally say you're, you're no six times to the sixth guy, they put you out the back door, they put you in a van, and they send you out the service entrance, past the dumpsters, through this this gate that moves and, and the experience and the colors are almost like you're leaving prison not that I've ever walked out of prison but I right. can imagine this was just like walking out of prison and then they put you in this dark hot crowded room with a guy with a small desk to pick up the stuff that you negotiated for right. in front. so they really make you feel bad and I was thinking about that and I thought well what's their purpose in making me feel bad for not buying and there must be some reason for it or it could just be pure retribution I don't know mm-hmm. So. I don't see. I don't see a business purpose to that. I had the yeah. same experience with I laughed when you said this because I've done this a couple times in the last few years. The last time I went to Sayulita, Mexico, in fact, we did that in, right outside of Puerto Vallarta, and that was the ghetto. That was the ghetto timeshare pitch from hell, just like yours. And it was. I think it was even lower scale than yours. I think yours was definitely upscale compared to ours. Um, it was these these guys were kind of scary. I mean, this place was just really uh, not something that I would ever want to do again. I'd never want to go back to this place. But um, we we, we kind of like were get glad to leave with our lives from that place in a way. And I have to say, like they didn't do the six personality type thing. That, that was pretty. That was pretty sophisticated. I give them credit for that. Um, they were really smart. They would be using a copy of Robert Cialdini's. Uh, the, you know, motivating factors for psychology of influence book, and you know, doing the the Harry Krishna thing, and the give you a flower, and right. you know, because those are actually those are the factors that work. I like the personality thing, but they weren't that sophisticated. The, the one I went to, what, what they did was they, I think they did a couple different personality types. Uh, but what they tried to do is they tried to identify your personality type and then match you up, and then they went all in with that personality right. uh, rather than like floating them by. Which is that—that's kind of a, again, that's a pretty sophisticated process. If you in fact identify that correctly, I, I give them—they must have a higher closing rate. But then I went to one where they just plain didn't know how to sell it. I was actually semi-interested in one because I'm already. A, it was a. It was actually. A, um, well, I guess I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say the company name, but it's a major hotel chain internationally and it's based in the U.S. And uh, uh, the, the da- the, there's a daughter of this hotel chain who's pretty famous for uh, her, her, her videotapes, <laughs> okay, let's just say. Okay. So uh, I went to that one, and I've been a member of their club, whatever their you know, uh, f- frequent traveler club for many years. And I went through this, and I, I you know, it was, this is in Orlando, and uh, but I was you know I was kind of interested because if it was the right price and it was the right thing I would have definitely considered it but they were just so bad at selling it and uh, I don't know if you ever gotten this one the guy says our regular sales guys off today I don't usually do this but that was um, that was the guy's opener yeah oh my gosh yeah I mean, he come said that on. he, he like, said I haven't heard only, that like ten times before 
Yeah, yeah he normally only deals with referral business, and he yeah. said it's very unusual for him to deal with uh, you know people that were corralled at the airport because there's such a low percentage of closing them. Now this is like the guy's opening words, right? right. Read out of a book. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so, out of the well, book. I ask him what the closing ratio but, was. But I'll tell you the other thing that they did. The other technique they used is. They moved you down a floor for the last two guys, and the second to last guy, they say, uh, you know, this this is this is Ron. He works for the owner, so now you're thinking you're talking to someone more important, and he's dressed a little bit better, mm-hmm. and he's a little. He bit, can get you the real deal. Yeah, right? yeah, he works for the owner, right? And when when he strikes out, then they send this guy like in his late sixties out, who looks really you know seasoned, and and for a minute there you think, is this the owner <laughs> that he right. works through works right. for? And then you realize he's just another sales dude, right? Right. But uh, anyway, it was, it was pretty well, Their, their biggest guys. concern proactively is to make sure, to, you know, and they qualify you, they say, have you done a timeshare presentation of any kind in the last X number of years? Because their biggest concern are people that have wake, woken up in the matrix and taken the blue pill or the red pill, <laughs> right. whichever one it is, you know, that we've already been through it and we know all their tricks. That's their worst nightmare because they don't want to waste any time or money well, on us. What's interesting is they will, like the another hotel chain that starts with them that I can't talk about, <laughs> um, Larry I, I do it every year. I mean, it rhymes with something snot. Huh? It rhymes with something snot. Yeah, that's true. And you can do it every Barry, year. Barry's not. Every year. And you, you can come to the same timeshare, get the same three beautiful days in a great hotel room, blah, blah, blah. And they just call it, yeah, we do it. And, it, you know, it's a great way to travel. So you're in their database, yet they, they, they basically say once a year is done, right. you're eligible. You're eligible again. Would you like to come back? We go, sure. Send us on back. We come every year. We go through the, the three days. It's nice. Wow. And, okay. you know, the hotel's like 125 a night. You get three nights. It's a good deal. So you're, you're a professional <laughs> timeshare guy. Okay. So, it it works. You know, it's, it's not a bad way to travel. It's very inexpensive. So I, I, I would recommend that for friends. So um, if you you have to have a strong stomach, I mean, I definitely recommend it. But you have to you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, I've been the one the uh, the one that was uh, the one I just talked about in the U.S. in Orlando was pretty easy to get through and not feel too, completely like I was covered in a layer of slime when I was done, and I wasn't completely annoyed and angry. But the one in Mexico was scary, so I, I would not recommend doing them in other countries. Actually, particularly third world countries, I don't think that that's necessarily a good idea because you're outside of. I mean, you know, we were we were taken in a pretty rundown uh, truck van in in Mexico, but I'll give them credit because the one and we were ta- my point was that we were taken off site to a place we had no idea where we were, right. and that, that was kind of scary, you know, to be in Mexico under those circumstances. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't care who recommended it from wherever, whether you know the hotel or the airport or whatever. You know, we could have ended very badly in the U.S. I, I think that's obviously less of a concern. But I'll tell you one thing that did not impress me about the. Um, the uh, the thing that rhymes with uh, Jilton, <laughs> uh, the, their presentation. They took uh, myself, Heather, and the four kids we had with us, and they put us in a van in which uh, two rows of seatbelts didn't work. There were two working seatbelts out of six positions. And I was so completely unimpressed by that. I mean, uh, talk about ghetto. That was that was how they got us there and back, and I, we had to put our kids on our laps and strap us all in. And we had t- some kids that just didn't have belts. Uh, and I just thought, wow, man, that is just that's something that's a interesting way to convey your brand out to people that you're trying to pitch. Oh, also, by the way, people who are elite members, elite customers, these are VIP customers because they're pitching to their honors program members. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there's some sketchy things out there. Brian, it's, I would recommend it for the people in the audience. If you want to study sales, yeah, um, 
it's not a bad thing to do. You can have a good time. It only takes a couple hours usually, and you get three or four days out of it. Hawaii is a good win. Tahoe is a good win. But no matter how low they go, remember, they're trying to rope you in for long-term commitment. So don't, don't, no matter how sweet the deal seems, unless, you're, unless you really want to do it, well, don't the, do it. The simple way to do the math is you take what you're paying per week, per week and, you do, and figure what they're getting for this unit, right? Right. And it usually ends up eight or nine hundred thousand dollars for a two hundred thousand dollar unit. And you just do the math and go, this makes no sense. Yeah. And then the other thing is that you'll you'll be very unlikely in most of them uh, to get the times that you want unless you unless you bought in at the highest level, which almost nobody's going to do. You're going to buy it at a lower level, and they're going to tell you, "Well, you can add money to it later, and you know, increase your levels." Or, but you're locked in here. And, and the thing is, it's a timeshare, and you basically get into this big matrix, this big schedule, and you end up getting waitlisted and possibly not getting the weeks and, and during the year. When they you say want, they will buy it back, they lie. Yeah. And, and then if you can go down the street and they have all these excess timeshares they're trying to sell for cheap, which is the real market of the timeshare, supply and demand, right? Right. So anyway, this is, this is the timeshare podcast, a way to vacation, learn, and study sales all at the same time as long as you are, have enough intestinal fortitude and um, guts not to get ripped off. There you go. Stay strong. Stay strong. Don't, don't cave. <laughs> live, live strong in timeshare land. Right. Good night. Good night, everyone. And there it is, another episode of Business Success Tips. Thanks, as always, for joining us. You can check out our website online at businesssuccesstips.org. Send us an email at friends at businesssuccesstips.org. Or if you're a Twitter stalker, find us at twitter.com slash bstpodcast. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.